be Easter. Jesus had to come. And he had, he had, he had to come because he had to fulfill God's will to, to pay a perfect sacrifice price for us. And this morning we are going to talk about uh, maybe not the sheep that you saw in the video, uh, but we are going to talk about sheep and we're going to talk about the sacrificial lamb, which was Christ who came for us. Uh, this morning, I want you to, uh, if, you're, if you're new to Connection, welcome. My name is Matt. I'm the lead pastor. Um, you, no, I don't have shoes on, and you're lucky I don't have shorts on, but I do have a pretty cool shirt because it is very easy to be a Griswold this time of year. So, um, and I know none of you ever watched that movie at all. So, uh, anyway, we, we appreciate the royalties that you give us. Um, I'm not related to them. Anyway, um, this morning, we, we are going to impact our community. Uh, we do this on the fourth Sunday of every month. It's called Touch Someone's Life Gift. Uh, and in a, in a minute, they're going to be passing around some popcorn bags, and we're just asking for nickels, dimes, and dollars, and whatever. If you are not from Connection, this is not for you. This is not an offering. Our offering box is in the back. This is, we take up this offering, and at the end of the service, uh, they'll bring the money to me. I'll divide it up, or they'll divide it up. I'll ha- I have some names up here, and if we have a couple more, be ready to volunteer. I don't know how much we're going to have. Uh, it doesn't matter. But we're going to take those bags. At the end of the service, we're going to pray over them. And we're going to send them out with different people in our church to be the hands and feet of connection and meet needs in our community. Um, so if you guys want to go ahead and come and, take, and start taking that offering, I uh, just want to talk with you. We have offering. We have one, two. We have another one, another one, another one, another one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jason, can you help? I don't know if you have a bag. No bag? Okay. You guys are good. You got the, well, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be running around and getting bags and taking up uh, money and things like that. But on, on this day, I want, I want to just share with you. Again, I wish, I wish that we could have mic'd the audience. I, I have been up here, uh, and I have been here. Um, but here, sitting in the front row, standing, I don't normally get to sit, standing in the front row this morning, I wish you could have heard... And I don't know what the band heard, but I, this choir, this large choir right here, did you know that Silent Night can be a worship song? Now we sing it caroling, may sing it at Christmas, but I'm telling you right now, I was, I was sitting there and I could barely sing the song because I was just overwhelmed at how good God is to us and has been to us. If you think about, if you think about this, uh, we, we celebrate Christmas, but I want, you to, I want you to realize something, that Jesus did not come and be born in a stable and born a humble, a humble birth and, and live a righteous, sin-free life for you on your best day. He came and did that for you on your worst day. And if you don't understand what that means, this morning I hope one thing and one thing only, either this morning or on this, in this Christmas season, I hope that you come to an understanding of who Jesus is and what he's done for you. If we, can, if, we, if we can get one message through to you, it is not some theological truth that I've studied and pulled out of Scripture and in the depths of other people's studying. It's very simple. That Jesus came to this earth. He was born. He lived a perfect life. He gave up his life on the cross to pay for our sin. And God raised him from the dead. And we have the hope of heaven if we trust in him. This morning is a very exciting Sunday. Uh, we, later on in the service, we're going to take face down, which is our communion or, um, or the Lord's Supper, if you may have heard it that way. Um, but this morning, we pick up where we left off. Uh, I remember I left the trailer and it just stopped as they were going towards, the, towards what would probably be a cave. Imagine. Both of, my, both of my daughters were born in a hospital. 
not a cave. I don't know, maybe some of you were born at home. I, I don't know. But even at home, you'd have the luxury of home. Mary and Joseph are away from their home in a very, very lowly, humble atmosphere surrounded by animals. Jesus was laid where they eat. And he came on purpose. 100% purpose. Look at verse 6 with me. If you have your Bibles or on your phone, chapter 2 of Luke, verse 6. And I have some... I have some things if you want to, if you want to look at this. And, and verse 6 says, And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. Well, I, ta- I talked to you last week about this. Is we, we don't have an exact timetable of how long that they were in Bethlehem. But I can assure you, we talked about Nazareth, where they lived, being a population of between 50 and 100 people. Um, Mary, according to the town, a Mary, a Mary apparently got pregnant from the Holy Spirit, but she was, nobody had ever had this happen to them. Mary was a virgin. Okay, she had not been intimate with a man. The Holy Spirit came upon her. And some, so I've been asked that question, well, what do you, how do you think that happened? I have three words. I don't know. <laughs> Our brains don't do that, okay? We have, if you have children or you know, if you know the scientific formula for children, it involves usually, you know, two people. Generally. You know, as in the case, except everybody but Jesus, okay? Um, while they were there, the time came. Now, I, like, I talked last week. I don't know if, I don't know if he, he got on the, on the donkey and, and he, you know, he, he, was, he was whipping the donkey and they had to fly in to Bethlehem and they, they were like, dude, do you have any room? And he just sent him this way. But I, I tend to probably think that they were there because if anything, Mary and Joseph wanted to get out of the ridicule and the name calling and the people, their friends that didn't believe them. You would, be, you would be more than happy to leave that situation and go if you had the opportunity to go. Mary did not have to go. Joseph, as the head of the house, had to go for the census. But it says, while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. Can you imagine putting up with all of the name-calling throughout the whole pregnancy? Can you imagine that? You're lying. I'm and we talked about last week what kind of a man it would have taken to be Joseph. I mean, you have to, under, you have to understand that he's, he stands up for his wife, okay? He stays with her. This is the only occurrence in human nature that a woman has become pregnant. And Joseph was engaged, betrothed to her, and they were not intimate yet. But the fact that he had enough faith in God to believe He had the faith to believe. And he had the faith to do what was necessary. He went. He was very obedient. We talked about that last week. Look in your worship handout. If you've got a red piece of paper that looks like this, in the very middle of it, there's going to be some sermon notes. Or I'm sorry, on the first page. There's going to be some notes that we can, that we can fill out as we go. But look, at this, look at this first blank with me. It says, all of the prophecies were about to come true. The Messiah is here. Now, I say all the prophecies. Those of you that know prophecies know that when Jesus continued to grow, he fulfilled more, okay? But uh, Micah even says, Micah even calls out from the Old Testament, he's going to be born here, Bethlehem. 
And Jesus was from, technically, because his parents were from there. He was from Nazareth. He wasn't born there. I'm from Albion, but I was born in Olney. See, it still works the same way. Jesus was from Nazareth, born in Bethlehem. And, he, and later in the New Testament, it's very, very funny because even one of Jesus' disciples says, says these words. What good can come from Nazareth? You ever said something about somebody's hometown and you didn't know it was their hometown? And you, did, you said something kind of derogatory and like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're from there. That's cool. No, no, you're cool, though. Okay? You try to play it off. Listen, all the prophecies were about to come true. 700 years have been before this, prophets, uh, Daniel, uh, Isaiah, had been making prophecies about the Son of Man. The Messiah was coming. The Jewish people would have been looking for King David to come ride through town. They would have been looking for a, a, a majesty of a person, just this huge power figure, a war, a guy that could conquer, a guy that was rich. Now watch this. Jesus is all that. But he didn't show that. Because as he came humbly, aren't you glad that he did? Because that's where we are. We're the humble. We're the lowly. We're not worth. Listen, we're... We are worth it to him because he loves us, but we have done things in our life on our worst days that just make us completely and totally unworthy. All the prophecies were about to come true. The Messiah is here. So in a cave, probably, the nativity sets um, you know, that have the, the cool stable and everything's neat. Listen, th- they're cool to look at. I saw some yesterday. Um, I, saw, I saw a nativity set that was about this high. It was beautiful. This high. It was about this wide. And the, the shepherds and the sheep and Mary and Joseph. And it had all, I mean everything. All hand carved out of olive wood. And I was going to buy everybody one. But they were $1,800 a piece. So I only bought six. Okay, I did not buy six. Okay, But it was beautiful. And we like to think that it was this beautiful portrayal of a picture we can look at. My daughters have a Fisher Price one. Anybody have this at home? We push the star. Yeah. Okay, I know the song. Okay, got it. Every time Lydia goes by, bing, I'm like, ah, oh, is it January yet? <laughs> I'm ready for Jesus to be born. Okay, take the star away. <laughs> but all the prophecies were about to come true. The Messiah is here, and we we put out this portrayal that it was man. It was a, it was a clean barn. Have you been to a real barn? Have you, has anybody ever been to a real barn where it was like tile floored and it was all clean? That's the portrayal that we, that we, that we try. That, that, it, that it wasn't, that, it, that you know, had, everybody had fresh hay. No, you didn't. No, they didn't. These animals would have been in there. They would have been, it would have smelled. Have you, do you like this? Have you smelled sheep? It's not good, but it's not bad either. Yes. Got that one in there. <laughs> I got more come on and amens when I do dad jokes than when I'm preaching the gospel. Okay, listen, it would it would, it was mess. It was messy. It smelled. It was the only place. It was the only place that was available for them to go. We're not, we're not told in scripture, nor can you, I don't think you can find this theologically studying secular history, but we're, because the person never comes out and tells anybody, but we're not even told that Mary had anybody to help her. Imagine that. Ladies that have, have given birth or have been in, been in the room, just imagine, there are no, there are no epidurals, no drugs, 
nobody to help you, and you're alone with your husband in a different town. No pressure, you're carrying the Son of God. If something happens to him, you're going down, right? No pressure, but the Messiah is here. He's born. Currently, Jesus has already been born in history. He's already lived his life. He's fulfilled every single prophecy except one. Chances are, if you, if, you, if you complete over 300 prophecies by yourself, I wouldn't bet against him not finishing it. He has one prophecy left. That's, that's when he comes back. That's when he comes back and takes his church, his people, to heaven. See, Christ is going to return, but this time he's not going to be born in a stable and he's not going to ride into town on a donkey. He's going to come with absolute, total authority. He's going to take the people back that understand him and trust him and have a relationship with him. And that's the only ones that he's taking. See, who, who are we to be able to celebrate the birth of a Savior? To be able to understand that he died on the cross for our sin. And who are we to be able to accept that gift? of salvation. And then, who are we to not follow him? The Messiah has been born. Look at verse seven. If you underline in your Bible, I'll give you a couple words. It says, she gave birth, this is Mary, gave birth to her firstborn son. What's this tell us about Mary? She had other kids. After the time was for they were to be betrothed, her and Joseph had other children. Now, this is this is a big deal. You, If you want to write into the into the into the, the margins, if you want to take notes. Um, by the way, if you, ever, if you ever miss something in my sermon, um, not that I'm not, I'm not anybody special, but I'd be glad to give you my notes on, on what I said about a verse of what I studied, but, um, if I can help you at all study. But she gave birth to her firstborn son. Um, she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth. And this is very important. If you want to underline strips of cloth and laid him in a manger. Manger is a feed trough. That's, 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 that's what it is, Okay. Um, because there was no lodging available for them. Bethlehem at this time was hustling and bustling. I went to St. Louis somehow. For, we were celebrating Mary's birthday. And we stayed the night uh, on uh, Friday night in, in St. Louis. And let me tell you something. I have two words to describe all that business over there. Mad house right now. It is crazy. And I, and I just began to think. Obviously, they didn't have cars. Obviously, they didn't have this. And this was probably in the month of September. I know. I'm going to just completely destroy all of your holiday. Jesus was probably born in September. Okay? Because it talks about harvest. And we, and we can, we can timestamp that. And it's probably not December. But that's when we celebrate. It's fine. But the hustle and bustle that would have been around Bethlehem. Bethlehem would have benefited greatly from the monetary value and purchasing of things while the people were in for the census. It would have benefited greatly. The innkeeper was making bank. He had, all of his rooms were full. Okay? Um, all of the merchants that sold food would have, been, would have been making lots of money. There's lots of people and there's hustle and there's bustle. And I can only imagine... You ever see, I don't want you to, to elbow anybody, don't text anybody, don't elbow your husband because he did it last night. Have you seen the craziness in finding parking spots at a really crowded mall? There's some people that lose their religion in the parking lot. I don't even like that word religion, but they, they lose their mind, don't they? I remember they, they showed videos, uh, 
I don't know, a couple months ago, oh, back Friday, uh, so last month, and I, I had one. Now, keep in mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share something with you about me. I had one, but it was exceptionally manly. Just understand this first. He was a, I had the football player. I never even played football except for a couple of years, but I had the football player. Do you remember the madness? Just raise your hand. Do you remember the madness of Black Friday shopping for Cabbage Patch Kids? If you have not seen this, YouTube it. It will blow your mind on how materialistic Americans are. And think, oh, that's past. I saw people losing their gourd in Bath and Body Works yesterday. I like took a step in and said, you know what? I'll wait here. Mary's smaller. She just, she's like a ninja. <laughs> there were some places she's like, okay, you walk and you just block. I'm like, okay. See, we, we, but listen, there's people, there's people in St. Louis, there's people in Mount Vernon, there, even us, we get caught up in this, but we get wrapped up in the hustle and the bustle of the celebration of materialism. There's nothing wrong with presents. There's nothing wrong with giving and there's nothing wrong with receiving. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But we can get wrapped up in the materialistic side and completely forget about what's really going on. If you come to our house, um, and our Christmas tree is up, I'll be glad to show you an ornament that we keep hidden. It's not for people to see. Inside the tree, right next to the trunk of our fake artificial tree, Mary's allergic, it's okay. So it's not like she's like anti-everything. She, just, she gets poked and she's allergic to it. Inside, there is a nail that's about this long that hangs by the trunk of the tree. It's called the Christmas nail. You can get it at Hallmark. Okay, we got it as a present one Christmas, I think for my mom and dad. But it hangs in there, and you hide it with the branches. That your family knows it's there. Now I guess you guys do too. But it's, it's a really cool thing. To, it's a really awesome conversation starter with your children if they're young. Because they'll help you decorate the tree, and you pull out this great big road spike. And they're like, what's this? And then you can explain to them that without Christmas, without Jesus Christ coming, he couldn't have died for our sins as a human. He couldn't have done it. He had to come. And so the real meaning behind Christmas leads us to Easter. So we have that nail hanging inside, and it, it's... It was crazy yesterday to watch the hustle and the bustle and the materialistic stuff. And yes, Mary and I bought presents, uh, but we, we kind of did it on the outskirts of everybody. We, we saw where everybody was, and we went to the other side. But we can, we can all get wrapped up in this. But listen, this is nothing uncommon. Because in Bethlehem, at this moment in history, it's hustle and bustle. The savior of the world is born in a cave and there are people that walk by him all night long and have no idea who he is. The number one goal of connection for you this holiday season is this. You ready? Don't miss him. Don't walk by him. Don't walk by him because you think, oh, he's too lowly. He can't do that. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. There's going to be a lot of stunned people whenever Jesus comes back with authority. Because the world says, oh, he's weak. He came in on a donkey. Blah, 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 blah. Listen, when he comes back, My English teachers are going to go crazy here. But when Jesus comes back, he ain't going to play. He's coming back for his church. He's going to show the world about authority. But here we see the hustle and the bustle. People walk right past. You can walk right past an opportunity to meet Jesus. This morning, that opportunity is right in front of you. It's not me. It's God. Provided Jesus to die for us so that we could accept him. Look at verse 8. 
We get in. These are my favorite characters besides Jesus, because you have to say Jesus as a Sunday school answer, right? You have to say Jesus is your favorite favorite character. These guys, these guys are my favorite besides Jesus. You ready? Look at verse eight. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Now these guys are the high rollers. Anybody, other than, if the Great Commission didn't exist, is there anybody that go on top of a mountain, live in a log cabin, never talk to another person and hunt and shoot your food for the rest of your life besides me? There's like three of us. Okay, cool. These guys were just nomadic, following the sheep, taking them to different fields and pastures, and they were outsider. They were considered outsiders. They stayed outside the city. Why? Because they stank. Sheep stink. Anybody been around sheep, for real? They smell awful, don't they? Wait till they get wet and it rains on them. Oh, it's lovely. I'm surprised Glade doesn't have wet sheep as a, as, a, as a thing you can plug in your house. Listen, these guys are very important. They would have been staying outside of the city. They were staying in, obviously, the fields that are nearby Bethlehem. Now, these guys probably have a significant paying job. Now, we look at them. They're very lowly. These guys are humble. Their social skills probably aren't awesome. But watch. Bethlehem at this time of, in this time of, in history, these guys, there would be a, a sheep, that would, a lamb that would be born. And if it was perfect, no blemishes, no stains on the, on the wool, nothing like that, they would take these sheep and they would wrap them in strips of cloth all the way up to their ears. I'm not joking. All the way up to their ears so their mouth so they could breathe and eat. And they would, they would wrap them, and they would keep them wrapped. And over 80% of the lamb sacrifices that were done in Jerusalem come from the sheep in Bethlehem. They have a genetic coded DNA sheep here that throws a lot of perfect sacrificial lambs. And they were sold to Jerusalem. Now, this is a huge deal. These guys understand you know, I don't understand some of the things. Like, if you want to say, hey, yeah, I'm building my house. What do you think? Don't ask me. Uh, don't ask. Uh, what do you think about this plumbing question? I'm not the person. I'm not, I'm not the person. You ask me something about maybe baseball or sports or maybe something that I've done or hunting or something that I've, that I've done and you haven't done, maybe I have an edge. Maybe I have some information. Listen, these guys understood 100% sheep. Everything about them. The sheep understood their voice. They knew and recognized their voice. And they also would understand every single word that came out of the angel's mouth. Every single one of them. They knew the importance. Look at verse 9. Suddenly, so they're in the black country at night. and There's no lights. Suddenly an angel of the Lord, also bright. Okay, million power candidates, spotlight, straight down. An angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Shocker, we've talked about angels before. Look, they were terrified. I told you, every single time an angel appears to somebody, they wig out. <gasps> They're scared. And every single time, in verse 10, the angel reassured them, don't be, don't be afraid. Every single time. What, what do these people look like? What do these creatures look like? He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Now, the inside of shepherd's head would have been this. Why on earth are you talking to us? We're nobodies. That's the point. That's the total point. 
Jesus came humbly for everyone. Later in his life, later in his life, the Gentile population around Israel would have been ecstatic after the start of the first church because Jesus says, I came for you too. You don't have to be a Jew to inherit heaven. I came for all men. And that would have been the first time in their life they would have ever heard that news. But the angel, he reassures them. Look at verse 11. The Savior, he gives them specific instructions. Says the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. The prophecies, David, Bethlehem, the Messiah, Son of Man, Isaiah, Daniel, I've said this. Verse 12, if you underline and want this to stick, and you will recognize him by this sign, you will find a baby. Okay, shocker. Okay, the Messiah came. He didn't come as an adult human. He is a baby. All right, sweet, got it. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth. This is huge. These shepherds, maybe even that night, could have helped a sheep give birth to a young lamb and found out and looked at it and saw that it was, that it was, it was pleasable to be sent to Jerusalem and would have wrapped that lamb in strips of cloth just like this. See, the sacrificial lambs in the field that they would have done this numerous times with, now the angel says, you'll find a baby, but this is the lamb. How will we recognize him? He says, you'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. There were tons of people in Bethlehem. Could Jesus have been the only single, absolutely only baby born in Bethlehem? We cannot say that. Absolutely no way. There's too many people there. There could be people that are pregnant giving birth even the same night that Jesus was born. But there's, no, there's no, none of them that are laying with strips of cloth wrapped around them. See, even, even the directions, the, even, even what Mary did, the instructions of how she took care of her baby, she wrapped him snugly. You know, you, when you have a newborn, you, got, you need to learn the burrito technique. Anybody know the burrito technique? You wrap your kid up just like Subway sandwiches, except the top. Don't cover their head, all right? You, you know, you, you wrap them and, ta-da, burrito, all right? <laughs> so she, she wrapped him snugly to keep him safe. The shepherds would have come into the town and said, um, no, no, no. They knew exactly what they were looking for because Jesus was the only baby in the entire city of Bethlehem that was laying in a manger wrapped in his death clothes already. Because when you fast forward to the crucifixion, they wrapped strips of cloth. The, sac- the sacrificial lamb had already been wrapped for sacrifice. This is huge. This is, this is, this is huge. He'd already been established as the sacrifice. Look at the, the next blank in your worship handout. It says, the Savior of the world was lying in a manger with death clothes on. The Lamb, the Lamb, capital L, capital letters matter. The Lamb has been born. <laughs> I get excited when I talk about this. Do you know why? Without the birth of Jesus, we can't have Easter. And if we don't have either one of those, I am completely and totally, eternally in trouble. But because we do have him, and I have accepted him, I get, do not deserve, but I get to inherit the kingdom of heaven. I don't deserve it. For real honest, none of us do. But the lamb 
has been born. The sacrificial lamb has been born. Look at verse 13. Suddenly, as if this wasn't enough to the shepherds, they're still, they're still flipping out. The angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is well pleased. You imagine, if you ever do want to do a word study, check out vast host and armies of heaven and try to get a numerical value. Everybody would have stopped. Heaven would have been, wow, he's here. When you're from a small town like I am and your team finally makes the playoffs, no businesses are open. They all go to Champagne to watch them play. In heaven, everybody would have been focused on the baby. Oh, he's here. Oh, wow. Look what he's going to do. Look how he came. Glory to God, they sang. In verse 15, they go away. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's hang out a little bit with our sheep because they're cool. Let's wait. The shepherds can show us from, the, from Luke chapter 2, the story of Jesus' birth, what we are to do in 2018. Did you know in Mount Vernon right now that there are people that have no idea who Jesus is? I'm be real honest with you. If that doesn't trouble you, there's a problem. If that does not stir something in you, convict you, that's a huge problem. Because in 2018, our two words from connection is to do this. Let's go. The next two Sundays, on the 30th and on the 6th of January, if you're looking for, if you ever ask questions like, what does God want from me in my life? What is his plans for me? I'm not going to answer your questions. I'm going to show you how you can get those answers from Scripture. What does he want to do with you? What does he want to do? He wants you to go. He wants you to go. He wants you to, he wants you to better yourself for the kingdom. They said, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go to town, boys. Now, let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They knew, there's, no, there's also none of this. Every, every angel that appears to a human scares them to death, and they always have to say, don't be afraid. But there's also one thing else. Whenever somebody is visited by an angel, they know exactly who he's from. Remember Zechariah said, how can this be when, he talk, when he's talking to Gabriel about, about John the Baptist being born and Gabriel says, I stand in the very presence of the utmost highest God. You will not speak for nine months. <gasps> okay. He got one chance. These people, he know, they, you know where they're from. So in verse 16, they hurried. Now they can't hurry with sheep. Have you tried to put a sheep or move a sheep somewhere? So they're like, no, I've never been around. Okay, watch. Ready? They don't do it. Sheep are dumb. D-U-M. Thank you. All right. Now, <laughs> but they, there's no hurrying with a group of sheep. You can't keep them safe if, you have, if you're in a hurry. So they left them. These guys had great, they had great jobs. They sold sacrifices to the temple in Jerusalem. This would have been a very good job they hurried to the village and found mary and joseph and there was the baby lying in the manger look at verse 17 after seeing him 
all they did was see him. They did, listen, they didn't hear Jesus talk. You know what they, pro- they could have heard? Very, they could have heard him crying or passing gas. I'm not joking here. They saw him. They had been directed by the angel. They saw him. They probably talked with Mary and Joseph. And look what they did. The shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. Isn't it sad that the lowly shepherds had to go around the hustle and bustle of Bethlehem and tell a whole bunch of people that were missing out on the change of history? And who told them about it? It was the lowly shepherds that were visiting a humble savior born in a cave. Now, I want, to, I want to show you something. Number one, when you, after you see Jesus, and that's, that's metaphorical, after you encounter Christ, you can't keep from doing this. You cannot keep from sharing with people what God has done for you. I, I experienced uh, something that was absolutely, utterly amazing with several other adults and some of our college kids last week, this past week. You're going to see videos uh, of, of, of our college retreat next weekend. I want, because I want you to physically see what, what some of the ministry money that we use in our church, what it does. It's going to blow your mind. But I got to share personal things out of my life with those college kids that are going through things right now. Do you know why I got to share with them? I couldn't keep quiet about what God has done in my life. The shepherds couldn't keep quiet. And some of, you have been, some of you have beaten an addiction that you've had for 10 or 15 years. Some of you have been clean for 10 or 15 years. Some of you have a marriage that exists today only because of the grace of God. You can't keep quiet about what the things, and they couldn't. Look at verse 18. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. I had a girl come to me this week at the college retreat, and I was explaining some th- stuff. She just sits back and she goes, are you serious? Yeah. Yep. Wow. I never knew God loved me that much. I never knew God loved me that much. All who heard the shepherd's story was, was astonished. Look at verse 19. Underline this one. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Mary was probably very meek, very humble, very quiet, very young. So Mary has seen an angel. She has been, she has conceived a baby via the Holy Spirit. She has had ridicule for nine months. She has been not believed by her best friends. She's traveled 80 miles on the back of a donkey and now she gives birth in a cave to the Son of God after angels have told her what his name is going to be. Shepherds come flying in from out of town. We just want to see him. Did you see that? All we want to do is look at him. That's how special he is. We just want to be with him, be around him. Holy smoke, the Messiah is here. And they told everybody. But she kept these things in her heart. She probably sat there soaking it all in as mothers do. Why? Because it's not the only time in scripture that we see that Mary kept these things to herself. We also see it later in, later in, in the New Testament, but she kept all these things about he's being born, but he, she knew he was born with a purpose. Maybe standing at the foot of the cross next to John, looking up at this Savior, this Messiah. She said, I remember. I remember when you were a young kid and the wise men came. I remember the angels told me about your birth. I remember, I remember, I remember. I remember the awe of the people that would see you. 
the awe of when we went to the temple and we forgot you when you were 12. And when we came back, you were teaching priests as a 12-year-old. I remember. Christmas is about remembering. Christmas is about joy. Remembering the joy. Yeah, there's people that aren't here with us anymore. If they were followers of Jesus, they're having the best Christmas of their life. It just keeps getting better. We'll join them someday. Look at verse 20. The shepherds went back to their flocks. Can you imagine this? They're probably skipping out of town. Whatever songs they want to sing. And they go and they're glorifying and they're praising God for all they had heard and seen. These guys don't care who's around them to worship. They're running out of the city going back to their sheep. You, you have a relationship with your pet if you have one. You talk to him like he's a human, don't you? Yeah, they are. They're members of your family. Some of them probably have a stocking. There's nothing wrong with that. But watch. These sheep were like their pets. And we go, Susie, look who we saw. And she's like, eh. <laughs> It wouldn't have mattered. They would have talked to themselves. They would have asked each other, did we just witness that? They had. They had. It was just as the angel had told them because when God sends something like this to give you specific instructions, it's exactly like he says. Look at the last blank in your worship handout. When you encounter Jesus, he will change your life. Just as the shepherds did, we are to tell everyone about Jesus. And we have a group of people that are going to serve our face down if they would get into their positions. I want to share with you guys something about our face down. A connection we do with, we do a thing it's called indinction where you, you break off a piece of bread and you dunk it in juice and then you eat it. This is only for people that understand they have a relationship with Jesus Christ. In church lingo, they're a saved person. They have a relationship with him. This is not for you that do not have a relationship with God. We're not singling you out. The Bible is very specific on who should take it. A connection, you don't have to be a member of our church to take it. If you are a, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you can, you, can, you can take this with us. Now this song wasn't invented, it wasn't written yet in its exact form. But we're going to see a video while we do this. And it just, it just replays a word that just goes through the season of Christmas. The word coming off of our mouth on Tuesday and on Monday and on Thursday should be hallelujah for what God has done because he's here. We've been waiting a long time, haven't we? The world at this moment in time in history have been waiting for a long time. When's the Messiah coming? Where's he coming? Who is it? Where's he at? Listen, we invite you. The Bible says that we take face down, we take the Lord's Supper with a clean heart so before you come and take it maybe you just need to sit and you just need to pray and you just need to ask god to forgive you and be in right standing with him as you come and take as we remember a christmas season that the bread which represents jesus's body later in his life would be broken and when you dip it into the juice the juice represents the blood that flowed out of his body but without the shedding of blood there's no forgiveness and remission of sin Jesus paid that price on the cross and three days later was raised from the dead, conquering even death so that we may live forever. Hallelujah. God is so good to us. As the video plays, whenever you're ready, you come and take. There's two people here, two groups here, and one group back there.
Go ahead. 